Welcome to your headquarters for knowledge and helpful advice on a variety of topics, all from trusted experts in their fields. It's time for River City Podcast. Drive Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit founded in 1970 as part of the Economic Opportunity Act to fight poverty. For the past 50 years, Thrive Virginia has supported the well-being of families to ensure that all area residents can reach their full potential and contribute to their communities. By maximizing the well-being of all, Thrive Virginia helps our communities thrive. Today, we're talking to Lawson Craighill. Lawson works with kids and teens who've experienced domestic and or sexual violence as one of Thrive's child counselors. Lawson decided to pursue her master's in clinical mental health counseling after working in a shelter in D.C. and seeing not only the need for support, but the lack of accessible services. The fact that Thrive has built their domestic and sexual violence program around equality and accessibility was originally one of the things that drew her into the organization. Lawson, welcome to River City Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So you work with kids and teens in your role at Thrive Virginia, specifically kids who've experienced domestic and or sexual violence, which must be pretty intense. It definitely can be intense at times, but it's also really incredible work. And I feel really lucky that I get to do the work. When we're talking about whether it is domestic, whether it is sexual, it's clearly things that are very traumatic. Can you talk a little bit about how trauma really impacts developing brains? Trauma is one of those things that impacts the entire person emotionally, mentally, physically. And as psychology and counseling has kind of grown and evolved, we're really learning more about how it impacts the body and how it impacts a growing and developing brain and body. It's across the board. Experiencing trauma at a young age really does impact how your brain develops almost down to like a biological level. Having these intense traumatic events when the brain is still cooking essentially can drastically change the outcome. And so your role as a counselor is to really come in and help navigate them through that. Thrive does a lot of really incredible work in our communities. But one of the things that really attracted me to this role in this organization was that they prioritized kids in the same way that they prioritize adults. And speaking of adults, there is a lot of support as well from a domestic violence standpoint. Well, from every standpoint. With Thrive, specifically for women, probably more so, I'm guessing, that are needing that support. What kind of things does the organization do for them? You're exactly right. We do work with a lot of women. Men also experience domestic and sexual violence, but we do work primarily with women. I am a child counselor on the violence intervention side of things. So I provide counseling to kids who've experienced domestic or sexual violence. But we also have clinicians that work with our adult survivors. And we have a case manager who's fantastic that can support with case management for our adult survivors. And then we also have a prevention side, which has some really cool people that are doing really cool work in the community, providing education and facilitating dialogue about the dynamics 
of domestic and sexual violence, how to work with survivors, and how to be trauma-informed. And then even with kids in schools, things like healthy relationships and LGBTQ plus support groups, there's a lot of really exciting and really important things we do to support adults and kids who've experienced violence, but also to work to prevent that violence in the first place. And there is a 24-hour hotline. I know for domestic violence, if you're having an emergency, you can call it. And that number is 877-966-4357. Can you tell us when somebody calls that, is there tools or availability there for intervention right then and there? That's kind of what it's for. It's our emergency hotline. It's for survivors, people currently experiencing sexual or domestic violence. If you need it, you can call. If you're in our service area, you'll talk to somebody from Thrive. And depending on what you're experiencing in that moment, we can support with safety planning. We can support with like exit strategies. Anything that you need in that moment, we're here to help you. If you're looking for something in the future, we can help you through this moment. And then we can start the process for getting some counseling or case management or whatever it is you might need. But that number is it's 24-7, totally confidential, and it's a super helpful resource in a crisis. Jumping back to a little bit more on the children. This is a very different world than the one I grew up in. Technology, it's social media. How much are you seeing social media tie into mental health issues with the kids that you're working with? Everywhere. TikTok is the big thing right now, but there's always new platforms and kids are getting phones and access to the internet and social media earlier and earlier. And as kind of the internet grows, the content and ease of access to just a world of information grows. And that can be super confusing for younger kids who may be struggling and looking for information or just like looking to make connections. The internet can be a not great place for them. People talk about online predators and things like that all the time. But I think more and more, we're starting to see how just this inundation of content about mental illness or various diagnoses or trauma dumping that exists a lot online. And with things like TikTok, where you can just consume video after video, it does start to take a toll on the brain and it does make it difficult to understand your own experience. We've noticed in our household that type of short form, really quick content, whether it's TikTok or whether it's YouTube, It also seems to stimulate the brain in a different way where it's harder to even get a good night's sleep when you're letting Mm -hmm. that lead up to bedtime. It seems like your brain reacts really differently to those two scenarios. So I wonder if even there's an impact on sleep cycle. 100%. I mean, and it's everything from just like the blue light of a device to the type of content you're watching and the way it stimulates your brain. Either way, When we're supposed to be kind of relaxing and coming back down, engaging with this stuff that could be high intensity or, you know, whatever it is, that's the opposite of what you want to do. And it can take your brain a lot longer than you think to come back down to a place where a good night's sleep is going to be a possibility. And in the work that you're doing with children, there's something that's called the Adverse Childhood Experience Scores, and that is commonly known as ACE. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
like you said, ACE scores, adverse childhood experiences to survey and you can go through and kind of ask questions about all of these various things that someone may have experienced. It can be anything from, you know, have your parents gotten divorced to, you know, did you experience sexual abuse, repeated sexual abuse, things like that. So it is a pretty large range. But at the end, once you calculate those scores, we're able to see risk factors for health problems. This kind of goes back to how much we're learning about trauma and how we're learning how trauma not just impacts the mind, but impacts the body. And when these started coming out and people were studying these ACE scores, it was one of the first times that we were able to see very tangible evidence that experiencing trauma as a child can really spike your risk factors, not just for emotional issues in the future, but like physical things like heart disease and stroke. It's a cool connection that needed to be solidified. Mind, body and spirit, right? It all. Yes, absolutely. goes hand in hand. One of the best parts about my job is I'm able to see kids in school and that like knocks down a whole bunch of barriers. So as far as being able to actually see kids when they're in school, how is that coordinated? How does that actually work? We partner with most of the schools in the area in our counties. And with that partnership, we're able to come into the schools and provide this therapeutic service. I've worked in a variety of communities in a variety of capacities, but no matter what, accessing mental health care can be tricky for whoever you are, whether it's finding a provider that works with your insurance or having insurance or having enough money to pay out of pocket if you don't have insurance. I mean, waitlist, transportation, there are a lot of things that need to fall into place in order to access services. And Thrive removes so many of those barriers, especially for our kids. And I mean, first and foremost, our clients aren't paying for counseling services. So right out of the gate, that's an enormous barrier for a lot of people. That's just immediately gone. Additionally, one of my favorite parts of the job is going into the schools and being able to go into the schools during the school day. So not only is the financial barrier removed, but physical transportation barriers, those are gone too. And in rural communities like the communities we exist in, you have to go a ways to find a provider a lot. And if you don't have reasonable or reliable transportation or you can't take off work, it can feel like you're stuck. It's impossible, um, especially if you're working yeah. a full-time job during the week and you're in a position where you really can't take that time off. The counselors that are typically listed are only available during the week, not in the evening, yeah. not in the weekend. So that's amazing. If somebody has a need for either their child or somebody that they care about's child and they want to learn more about how to get counseling like what you do, they go to the website or they call and then is there, I'm assuming there's some sort of process for sort of vetting in terms of qualifications or how does that work? Like you said, our, they can go to the website. All of our information is on the website. They could give us a call. We work specifically with people who've experienced domestic or sexual violence, but that's about where the cap ends. I get questions a lot about, well, I'm not currently experiencing. Does that rule me out? It's like, absolutely not. And with kids, I get a lot of referrals through the schools. So school counselors will send a referral and I'll reach out to parents 
But the best way to get more information, the best way to get involved, to start asking and receiving services is through our website or giving us a call. Amazing. Lawson, thanks for everything that you're doing for our kids in this community. And of course, we appreciate Thrive and what they're doing for families. But I know it's a tough role and somebody's got to do it, but we appreciate that you're doing it. For our listeners that would like to help Thrive Virginia, this is a nonprofit. These things, these services don't come cheap. They could really use your support, whether it's donating items or whether it's providing financial help. But for anyone that is interested in donating and helping Thrive do what they do, please go to thriveva.org or you can call 804-362-6835. And then, of course, for anyone that is seeking services that needs help, you can also do the same for domestic violence. Again, there is a 24-hour confidential line, and that's 877-966- Four three five seven. Lawson, thank you for being on River City Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to River City Podcast. If you're interested in setting up a podcast for your business, go to rivercityconsulting.com.